Hello. Thank God, because I couldn't stare at myself much longer. <laughs> it's just a recording of you. I'm looking like, at yourself. <laughs> literally, it's going to be, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I think this cheek is bigger than the other cheek. And then I'm like, oh, my makeup came out kind of good. I was about to call a modeling agency. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just looking at myself here and I am gorgeous. Hello, and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Hi, everyone. I want to welcome you to the table. Tonight, we have Adrian Wood with us and also the ladies. We've got Tabitha. Hi. Jen. Hello. Kimmy. Hi. Jamie. Hey. And Adrian. Hey. Adrian writes on Tales of the Educated Debutante, and she keeps me smiling. And I know I can speak for all the ladies at the table. There's just this fresh look at another family in this autism life. And also, Adrian is hysterical and filter free and inspiring and just so real. You feel like you know her. I'm having a little Twitter pated heart because I'm fangirl. <laughs> Feel friends because I know how to be in your kitchen. Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. So I'm Adrian Wood. I have four children. My littlest Amos has autism and a genetic uh, disease called MSL3. And I live in Eastern North Carolina in a teeny tiny rural place called Edenton. It's a town of about 5,000. So everybody really does know everybody, which can be good or bad, especially if you're a blogger who doesn't always wear a bra to the grocery store. <laughs> a bit of a, a problem. Yeah. And I started writing, well, I've written my whole life, but when Amos was about two and a half, I started this blog really as a way to just, I guess, I was really scared about his future. I didn't, he didn't have a diagnosis and I was looking at this little fella who I loved, but I was so filled with fear of what the future was going to be like. And mm -hmm. I thought, I just have to write this. Like I can't sink under all this. So I started writing really just for myself and yep. um, thought, well, I'll tell other people things that maybe I didn't know. So either I wasn't listening or people weren't telling me and never had any expectations that it would be really anything other than just a kind of a hobby pastime. But six years later now, it's a career move for me. And it's great. I can be home with my children and be myself and, you know, call it a job. So it's, it's really been a gift. I just love it so much. I feel like we have that in common mm -hmm. and like, it's hard to know how to integrate how much of your kids or your journey as the parent, or are you going to bring the health stuff in the medical stuff? Like, you know, where are you going to lay the filters if you have any and watching someone be so genuine and fearless is just such a breath because you talk about everything from hilarious stuff in the current events. <laughs> Get it. Hilarious. Uh, to all one. the crime stuff. I just, I just feel like um, your balance is so refreshing and so current and you're just zero given. Yeah. You know, I, I think it. we're all obviously Kate Swenson is a dear friend of mine and, you know, she writes about autism and I was like, you have a great following because you have this group of people that like know what you're talking about. And I think sometimes people are like, what the hell am I doing over on her page? What is she talking about? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really just like talking about whatever floats on my radar or matters 
to me. So mm -hmm. it's, um, it's not for everybody, but it, it's exactly who I am. Some days autism is first and foremost in my mind and other mm -hmm. days, you know, it's Hollywood gossip, or it might be a crime story, or it could be education, politics, you know, it's just really where my heart follows, I guess. Are you a know-it-all? <laughs> yes, I have been called a know-it-all, N-O-I-T-A-L-L, <laughs> and, and sold, I think, about 300 oh. shirts. Yes. I love, love it. it. I love that. That's oh, yeah. so funny. I was laughing at your Dear Haters post. I love you that went post. down the list because I'm like, and you quoted, so you knew it wasn't what you had written, obviously. Yeah. But yes. These people that are coming at you, they need to use the Google. Their grammar is atrocious. It's like, <laughs> uh, well, that, you I care think... too much. It's like, no, it's T-O-O. -O. You missed an O in that one. Right. But right. yeah. You know, in the, in the big blogging world, there's this thought that you should never feed the trolls. You mm -hmm. should walk away from them. You know, it's sort of like your mother on the, with talking about somebody at school, like just ignore them. Well, I've never been like an ignore type. <laughs> so I have such fun getting the trolls. I mean, it makes it fun yeah. because it's like, what, who are you? Like, have you looked at your profile picture? Why is it always a cat? Oh my God, the cats. <laughs> the cats. It's oh never an actual person. It's yeah. always the cat. Yeah. the cats alone. People that love cats. Who have me. And people. I have two cats. You have people in your profile picture, Jen. You have, you're not the people she's talking about. No, no, I'm laughing. Like these poor cats. People are using a cat as a front. Yeah. 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 So want to be a funny. badass behind a computer let's see your face, <laughs> see your face. <laughs> I was gonna say I think that's why people who follow you love you is because you're so genuine writing about whatever you want and the fact that you can go after the trolls because like for me when I get a troll comment on my page I like freeze up and I'm like there's some and then like a week later I'm like I just thought of something really clever to say but you're so quick <laughs> like you're just so good about it the one the video I did about Ilaria Baldwin which is obviously just sort of you know, absolute gossip. But I find it so intriguing for someone to pretend they're from another culture. I mean, and it's <laughs> equally terrible, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you got me on that. I was reading other articles and it led me to other stuff. And I'm just like, and then I'm like, after 45 minutes, I'm like, who cares? What am I doing? I know. <laughs> it literally is the, it's source, the whole background. The but source it's so of my wormhole all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just need an so escape funny. like that. Like, this is intriguing. What has happened? One person was like, you, you keep pushing up your glasses too much. I was like, I'll try to do it more often. Oh, yeah. God <laughs> dang. You know, one of the things that I had thought about is I've compared you to like all of the things on the uh, coffee table. Like you are the People Magazine. You are my Anderson Cooper. You are like just there's so many facets to what you'll talk about that are so relevant for me. And when I looked on your uh, like the couple of sentences of about on your page, it says, um, satire meets truth, faith meets irony, despair meets hope. It's all to escape the laundry. <laughs> Get it, girl. True. We, True. our beginning of our podcast says fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversations. And I Perfect. feel like that's to represent the five of us, but mm -hmm. the part that makes all of us sweat a little and just be Twitter pated to be in your presence is that you get to be all of them at one damn time. So proudly, well, like, it's just awesome. It's more fun to have a conversation together. You know, I do. Yeah. It, that's really nice. Like I would like that. I'm always trying to like, well, 
because I'm so unorganized, I'll be like, Ooh, can you do a video in like two minutes? You know, like, no. <laughs> unorganized baloney. You have like a production team. You can go from Hilaria in the street to like stand by. That's like me going to put a bra on or like right now I have on pajamas and a sweater. Yes. <laughs> That's the mullet of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's empowering too, because I think a lot of us have thought or think, oh, should this go up or not go up? You know, especially for me, that's a challenge. I'm an attorney by profession. And so I get a little bit cautious with the language and with what I'm saying and the freedoms, you know, of that is like a really beautiful thing, I think, because it's just I mean, we all try to be our authentic selves and we all started writing for the same reason as you, you know, to just like process our feelings of this situation and, you know, what you're going through at the time. But also it's like, ah, how much do I throw out there on the interweb and let run free, you know? So I I really admire that. I think for me, it's, and I know some people are more private than other people. I have, you know, a lot of my really good friends are super private introverts, which is an an interesting relationship. But I will say that I've told people, you know, once I started sharing about Amos and kind of these feelings, I had joy again. And I lost my only sibling, Adam, to cancer. We were children. He was 19 and I was 15. Mm. And I really had written off joy that was going to be a part of my life. And I had three children. You know, I like to say I was PTA president. Damn it. I was a Sunday school teacher. Like I had Mm -hmm. it together, but I didn't have joy. And it wasn't until I started sharing that I realized one day I have joy again. Mm. And that's the only thing that I was doing differently was this sharing and being open. And it's like, if I share it and put it out there, it doesn't own me. Mm -hmm. You know, so like the other day Mm -hmm. I wrote about Amos is turning eight years old tomorrow. And, you know, birthdays, when you, when you belong to a little person, that's not following the traditional path Mm -hmm. bring a lot of emotions. Yeah. And there's a part of me that wants to like get in the bed and cry about it. But then Mm -hmm. there's that other part that's like, you know what, I've got to put this out there. I've got to lay this on the line. Mm -hmm. And then I immediately feel better. And I'm like, I'm excited that it's his birthday, you know, Mm -hmm. but I have to acknowledge that I'm sad, but I don't really know what he wants, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we doesn't do anybody good to pretend that everything is fine. (laughs) Yes. Yes. This in the same way, maybe keeps us more forward. We share more. I I know for me, I share more freely and more. Yeah. um, Like less broad here on the podcast because of the topics that we choose to cover and things. And I feel like there's a couple of things right now that are a little time sensitive going on. And I'm like, can you just be done so that I can talk through it with my people? <laughs> like, <laughs> please, please. Right. Right. Because there's so much to like letting it go and feeling like the lesson that you had to go through or process is going to bring somebody some relief by sharing it Mm -hmm. because that's so moving. Just Jen and I were talking this afternoon. She just did a piece about medicine and someone's come to her for help. And another person has come to her for thanks. And I mean, you just don't know how you're going to touch people when you share the way that you try to, you know? Well, and I'm so like, I always say, I'm so grateful for people like you and Kate. I'm crying right now because I literally had a mental breakdown about my son turning seven the other day. And so that just reminded me of it, but 
in the beginning, half the battle was battling the feelings you have about your child being behind or not, I mean, not knowing what it was, if it was developmental delay, if it was autism. And then part of you feels so guilty because you're like, I bet no other mom feels this way. And so when you read another mom saying something like, oh, my son's turning eight, and this is really hard for me because it's not going to be what I imagine eight to be, but still my son and I'm happy for him and I love him. But part of it's also sad. Like you need to hear that because there's, you feel so lonely in the beginning. And I know that's why you said you started writing. That's why we all started writing again together because not many people around you can relate. You have to really seek out someone who understands and gets that. Mm -hmm. And I also think there's a lot of shame on the internet too, saying, oh, you shouldn't say that, you know, that means this, or you shouldn't say that, that means this. So like these moms that don't have other people to support them, like they feel shame. Meaning to acknowledge hard, Kim. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The guilt too, I think, because mothering so complicated or parenting in general is so complicated, you feel guilty anyway. And then on top of that, you know, you feel like you're not doing enough or you should have known sooner or you should have tried these other things or, you know, how could you make the birthday better as you're sweating, trying to carry 47 packages to the car, you know, I mean, seriously, like I've had so many moments where I'm just like, oh, wow. (laughs) Reflecting on how badly that went, you know. The word sweating, like I might change my my name to Adrian Sweating (laughs) We say that all the time. I was just going to say that needs to be our next bonfire because if sweating was the indicator, (laughs) like how... It has our day been like, you can see it. You can see it in beads on my face, count it like a abacus. (laughs) So this morning it was pretty cold here, like in the forties, which is cold for North Carolina in November. And I had on a tank top and shorts and flip-flops. And my daughter was like, you said it was cold. I was like, oh no, but I haven't gotten Amos in the car yet. Right. (laughs) If you put on a sweatshirt before you're pouring sweat. Yes. Yes. You all, we get each other, right? Like we know this. Yes. These other parents, they don't know this. They don't know about the sweating. No, there's so much sweating. Some of those moms wear a sweatshirt with nothing underneath it. Like, can you imagine? Yeah, that would be bad. Sometimes got to take that off quickly. What I love about your page is like you, like you were saying, it's it's just not all autism. I mean, we all live, sleep, eat and breathe it. So it's, you know, I kind of get excited. I'm a new supporter on your page. But it's just fun. Like you are funny as bleep. You are so funny. And when I first started following you, like Tabitha said, she's an attorney. My father was a lawyer. And so one of the very first things I saw, you're like, my husband doesn't like when I give legal advice. I know, me too. And I, I almost peed my pants me because too. it, it was literally, I could hear my yeah. dad in my head like, <laughs> screaming at my mom, like, don't say that. That's one you of my, say yeah. that, you know, one of my token sayings on this podcast is this is not legal advice. <laughs> this is, no, That's no. what I always say. I'm like, I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on television. Yeah, yeah. I love it. But if I were one, this is what I would do. Well, and my, yes, my husband has a lot of opinions about a lot of things, but I did get sued a couple years ago. How many years has it been? Anyway, I've covered this story in West Virginia um, where these little girl with autism, the mother was 
trying to figure out what was going on with her at school. She was nonverbal. So she put a microphone in her hair Mm. and the very first day she came home and heard horrible abuse. And she went through all the right channels. She went to the school. She met with the principal. She was assured we're going to take care of this right away. Well, two weeks went by and she realized nothing had happened. The teachers were still at school. I mean, so I kind of got involved. She had a news. So I started sharing it. Well, the teachers sued me for sharing this recording and saying, you know, defamation or something. So maybe for good reason, he doesn't like me, but (laughs) I didn't do anything anything wrong. I mean, yeah, I didn't at the end of my life, I have to say, did I make the right choices? And yes, I did. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I think we have to look out for other people and mm-hmm. you know we just do we need each other yeah you, you dive into the current event stuff like the gabby i mean all of this stuff oh. i mean you it, it's like watching a investigate like rachel said like an anderson cooper in the day i, just I love mean, it yeah well, my husband's like you watch so much dateline you should be good at that i mean <laughs> yes. i can feel it in your tone i'm like oh get it girl oh yeah i and love that stuff i mean Alex i don't love the like you just, <laughs> oh, kill me. I love it. Well, you know, the Gabby Petito thing, I think what's really curious about that. So a few years ago, I covered the story of a little girl named Hanya Aguilar, who was 13 in North Carolina, was kidnapped from her driveway while she was waiting for the school bus. And it really, it, it, there was a court date today and um, she got no media attention. I mean, I was the most media attention she got. Mm-hmm. And then you had Elizabeth Smart, right? Who was on the cover of People Magazine in four days. And Elizabeth Smart has really become an advocate for particularly yes. indigenous women, but saying, you know, why was I on the cover of People Magazine? Yeah, I'm white, I'm blonde, I'm this. So Gabby Petito, same thing, pretty girl, you know, everybody says, but this whole phenomenon of Finstagram, you know, Instagram versus Instagram, which I haven't really talked about has been what's most curious to me. You know, when we put these pictures up on Instagram, Mm -hmm. we're telling a story. So usually I see a something happening in my house and I take a photo and the scene tells the story. Mm -hmm. Well, what she was doing was creating the scene to tell the story that wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just think there's so much of a lesson in that for all of us and our children. That's such a spectrum too, because people do that in this angle of the kitchen, even though this is a show. I mean, you do that in a big and little way. Right. And it's helping no one, Mm -hmm. you know, it helps no one. We, somebody said, you compare your insides to others' outsides. Mm -hmm. So you're looking like you got it all together you know, the other person's like, why am I so crappy? I mean, how come they can do it? We're really, they're not doing it. And there's so much science on that. There's so much science on how it messes with your brain and your depression and anxiety and the uptick in that, that kind of situation. Cause we're comparing, comparing, comparing. You can swipe me. I do sometimes at night when I can't sleep and look at all kinds of different things that could make you feel like you should be doing more or, you know, crafting the world under the sun or, you know, building a ship from scratch, whatever the heck it is that you feel like you should be doing. You see that on Instagram and it is kind of like a mind melt sometimes, I think. Yes, it is. But I think it's so cool. You have a platform for, because I think, I mean, 
I'm really into true crime. I follow all this stuff. I mm-hmm. get way into it. Like I'm following <laughs> secret, I like secret groups on Facebook. I'm like <laughs> oh, yeah. looking up family members. I'm Did a you bit pause crazy. to decide whether or not you were going to say that? That's <laughs> what I do. But it's so cool that you can just like, you have a platform where you can literally talk about that. You can talk about autism and that you've just found this group of people that go along with it because it is so how so many of us work because we don't have time. Like, I'm sure you didn't sit down and be like, oh, I'm going to be like investigating true crimes and writing about them or things right. that are happening. But it's just, Pat, you can tell that you just like researching that stuff and you write about it and you're sharing these stories. That's how I found out about the Gabby Petito thing. And then I got on TikTok and it was crazy on there. And I don't understand TikTok, but I would like to. I don't either. <laughs> I do not understand TikTok. We'll have a lesson after we cut <laughs> yeah, It's addictive. I might be where. I might be too old. No, you gotta go to the, you gotta go to the teenagers. You gotta go to the teenagers for that stuff. Well, you know, I'm at a different point in my life. So my older children are almost 16, 14 and 12. And the two older ones have Instagram and Snapchat. Um, You know, of course, nobody wants Facebook because that's like archaic. And the the 12 year old (laughs) has nothing, which she's bitter about, but (laughs) They're, you know, my children are now watching what I put up on Instagram. Yeah. And so it's really, it changes things. You know, four years ago, three years ago, I could tell a funny story about us talking about sex. Well, if I did that now, like they would excommunicate me. Yeah. 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 So I'm like all this good material and I'm not even allowed to use it. The Porter page. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Put it yes, right into the yes, supporter, the supporter page. page. No woods are allowed here, please. <laughs> right, right. I know my mom's like, should I join your, because I, I have a, I just started one and I said, no mom, please stay off it because I don't <laughs> you on it. Stay off of it. My Adrian mother gets was on there and I'm like, oh God, here's mom, watch out. <laughs> I love it. A couple of weeks ago, you were like, oh my God, I've got a cousin by the same name. And she's like, Hey girl, it's your cousin. And you're like, no, my cousin lives over there. And she's like, no asshole. That's my sister. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I was God, like, I oh my gosh. I'm the biggest. Real life. <laughs> I just love it. What, uh, Adrian, I read a post the other day about how Avis has changed you. And I have to say, those make me sob. You mm-hmm. single-handedly have made me want to adopt more children. I keep saying that on your posts, like Ooh. your sibling posts get me in the core. <laughs> but yesterday or the other day you wrote about Amos, again, changing you. And I feel like there's such a beautiful lesson to not just like-minded women living the same life, but to our communities in that mm-hmm. message. What do you feel like you wish people could learn faster from observing your life and page? You know, I think the biggest thing is that having a disability, special needs, autism, it's not bad. It's just different. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing. I didn't know myself. I don't know if you, I had a post the other night and the comment was, boy, it looks really hard to have a child with autism. I'm so thankful that my daughter is healthy. Mm. And, you know, I really stepped back and thought, okay, how does that make me feel now? How maybe did I used to feel about that kind of statement, right? Mm -hmm. Because I might've been the person that was like, shoo, everything's fine. And Mm -hmm. I sort of attributed to the fact that I didn't really know, you know, I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't have any family friends. I didn't know anybody that was different. And I wasn't 
again, I either wasn't paying attention or they weren't talking. I wasn't listening. So years ago when we were doing Amos's genetic testing, they thought it was one thing. And so we had like really gone out on this testing. And the, the one thing that it ended up not being, it's genetic. Like Blair would have a 50% chance of mm -hmm. having a child. And she was pretty small. She was maybe was about six or seven. And I said, you know, how would you feel if you had a baby like Amos? I was, you know, talking about it in a child appropriate way. And she said, well, I would be excited. And I said, okay. And, you know, somebody might say, well, she was, you know, in kindergarten. Blair knows life with Amos mm -mm. as well as anybody does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she, she ain't no like off in the distance spectator. You know, she lives here with him. So my children, you know, are so much ahead of the curve than I was yeah. at their age, you know, like, yeah. And it, she doesn't it, really know any different. This is what no, she's grown up. No. Well, she knows, you know, they know their friends, siblings who right. are similar ages, but really they come home and they're like, they're terrible. I mean, they <laughs> all, all the time and, you know, they're making you do stuff with them. I mean, you know, <laughs> So it's funny, you know, what you get, even my own husband will be like, I mean, that child, I mean, I can't take all that talking. I'm like, oh gosh, y'all got so spoiled, you know, with Amos boring you. But um, that's just really wonderful that it is, it's just different and it's hard. You know, mm -hmm. we're not going to pretend. Mm -hmm. And I always say, you know, climbing Mount Everest, not that I will ever do it, but it appears <laughs> difficult, right? Yeah. Yes. Also Just to beautiful. clarify, that's, that's actually not going to happen. Yes, <laughs> never going to happen. But people act like it's super rewarding. They pay twenty thousand. They act like it. <laughs> It's the same thing. It's hard, but uh -huh. it's good. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and those two things exist simultaneously. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I want people to know. You know. I love that. Um, you talk about the hard, but I think, and not that you make light of it, but you make it relatable to people, which is, I, I think, such a beautiful thing because then you bring so much more to it. You know, this is a hard life. The day to day, it's hard. And you, all of you have other children, except for Rachel and myself. <laughs> um, so one I think end. we've yeah. always said, yeah, one and done. But when you add the siblings, you know, there's just that other level. Oh my God, it. I cry when Blair gets in toast. Like I can't. Yeah, we all have a mixed bag of like, I have two children that are both autistic, a boy and a girl. Kim has three neurotypical children and one autistic daughter. And Jamie has a son who's autistic and a neurotypical daughter. So it's kind of a mixed um, bag of, of- We're a nice experiment. <laughs> different relationships, yeah, yes. And even Kate, you know, her, so her oldest has autism, then she has three more. And yeah. I always say to her like, that, that it must have been fun. Like I didn't pay attention to my other three, just kind of going through these milestones mm. where that's really been a part of her journey is watching that happen, you know, or y'all yeah. haven't necessarily had that either. You know, it's just, it's different. You know, everybody. I don't think, you know, to appreciate them though. Right. Like the first word, you don't. The first, you really all of those don't. things, you know, mm -hmm. I don't, but I don't even think, well, I'll just speak from my experience. Cause I have my daughter who has autism my second so I have okay. two more after her that like weren't planned and with my third I was terrified the whole time the whole pregnancy I know I'm not supposed to say that but I was everything that she did or didn't do like was just uh, you know and I didn't feel like I could really let my god down until she was like two and a half even though like it was clearly she was typical but like 
I still didn't trust it, you know, because then you, mm-hmm. you, have, you know, you know, of the regression that can happen. So it was like, yeah. it's like you, you would think that you would appreciate it or for me, but it was like, I was too afraid to appreciate it, I guess. Um, that makes sense. But with my fourth, yeah. she came two years later. I mean, I didn't really have time to worry. <laughs> how many are there <laughs> and at yeah. that point what the hell are you gonna do anyway I mean you yeah, know, I know. I think worrying doesn't give us one extra day and mm-hmm. I try to like I mean and I, I also came so my daughter's day. 25 yeah. so like it was also a very different time where there just right. wasn't as much I mm. mean there's starting to be awareness when I had my third and fourth but like they're really up until that point was wasn't any awareness there wasn't mm-hmm. any people around there wasn't online support group so I didn't have that like it all felt like literally like we were the only one and I had a girl so there was no other girls that like right. even at school it was all boys so it was just what's well, interesting is they say girls are rare Kimmy has a girl Rachel has a girl Tabitha has a girl and I have a girl all on the spectrum so out of the five right. of us at the table four of us have daughters on the spectrum yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think no matter what, if you have a child who is autistic and you have a child that comes afterwards, you're just like monitoring and watching. And like for me, um, my daughter hit every milestone on time, talking, walking, the whole gamut of everything. And then she had a significant regression at 18 months. And so we had kind of put our guard down by that point. Mm. We're like, wow, this is going great. You know, she's talking, she's walking, using a spoon like everything and it was almost like harder I wouldn't say harder in a different way than our son's diagnosis because we weren't really expecting it and so it was almost like breathtaking in the way that it took place so I think no matter which way that you know these yeah it's it's fascinating I think in the way that you experience the emotions after each child no matter what and for me part of the loss and this is just my feelings. I mean, if people have an issue with it, you know, they can go whatever themselves. But for me, it was, I had to grasp the fact that I wouldn't parent any neurotypical children. I'm only parenting autistic children. And I heard an interview one time where a gal spoke about her three autistic children. She was like, you know, I'm lucky because only have to learn how to parent one way, right? (laughs) You're not parenting two children, either, even though each child is different. But for me, it was one of those things that took me a while to, and still, I mean, our daughter was diagnosed, it'll be a year in December. So we're still kind of processing the feelings of all of that. But that was one of the things that was just like, holy cow, this is going to be something, you know, we got to brace ourselves because the ride's going to be, you know, services and everything times two, you know, and learning about them as much as we can. So y'all sharing that with me. So that was a perspective I'd never considered, you know, so just hearing that from you, I'll never think about it the same again, which makes me feel more knowledgeable. You know, I think that's the benefit of this. Like, and you said before social media, I mean, I can't imagine how lonely I would be at this very second without social media, Mm -hmm. you know, just from people reaching out and offering real advice and help. I mean, mm-hmm. it really makes a difference. And then just the array of people that you reach, like I said, I had never met anybody quite like my daughter, still haven't, but like in real life, but online, Jesus, I remember <laughs> I remember following Kate before she had a supporter page. And like a, a lot of us would talk in the comments to each other. Mm-hmm. And like 
someone would be like, oh, my daughter does this. And so many things that like, I didn't think were autism things. I just thought oh, were my daughter yeah. things. <laughs> and like, I'm like, well, other people do this. Like other kids do this. This is so, right. I mean, she was like 20 at this point. So it wasn't like really, you know what I mean? But it was just like, so mind boggling to be like, oh, so just the array of people that you can reach right. on, you know, on the internet, as opposed to like in your area. I mean, I still never came across anybody in my area. I mean, I guess she is kind of one of a kind, my kid. It just gives you just a whole nother gamut of people, really. It's empowering to, you know, like all our other friends, you can, they talk to each other about, oh, I'm having this problem with potty training. I'm having this and this. And then you're just sitting there like, well, none of this advice is going to work for me. So like finding other people who have been through it or who are going through it at the same time as you is amazing. And we have to do it through the internet. Like it's really hard to find that within your community. Right. And even then, like you might meet a mom at therapy or something, but your lives are so busy that it's just like when you need a network of people. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Like Kate Swenson lives in my neighborhood. Do you she think does? that her isolated life and my isolated life are ever going to cross paths, even being in the same town? Like no. <laughs> so it, I mean, it really takes, it isn't about like, who's even outside your door. It's you guys had to meet on the internet to meet in real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's real. I mean, it, it's yeah. the gift that we have in creating the communities that we have as the table for five or Adrian has on her page or Jen has on her page and all of us that like, we're up against this big battle right now as a family of and three. This, and yeah. I know someplace that there's 4,000 people loving my sweet girl. And that if I could tell the folks what David is hitting my fan, I would know that there's going to be 4,000 people loving her in that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I want to be on the bathroom floor, because I haven't slept in four days, like I know that there's a green dot by somebody who loves her that's online at the very same nocturnal the hour. Right. <laughs> it's just amazing. Right. I mean, Adrian, you don't have to go through another genetic test alone. In fact, probably yeah. someone on your page now is part of the community because of your advocacy, all of the things that we can reach. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the biggest things you mentioned earlier that really surprised me was when I shared about medicine and it had like 800 comments in an hour, which mm-hmm. I was like, that is insane. And all I could think of, and I told Kate, I was like, we got to be talking about this. Like people clearly need to talk about this, mm-hmm. but yeah. don't feel like they have a space to, because yeah. they have just come out in droves. I mean, it was like free Chick-fil-A and they're out. I know. Um, yeah. Free yeah. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I think, because I think it's one of those taboo and, and I, I danced around it a little bit and I went you full on it the other it. day yeah. mm-hmm. and it was a very well-received post. You know, Good. we talk about our engagement and all this stuff, but right. I was surprised I didn't get really any backlash to it. But, you know, you talk, talk about all of those things. You talk about politics. I mean, you talk right. about the things that everyone shies away from. You know, if I would talk about- Well, you about, lose a lot of followers. I was going to say, I mean, I'm I'm very small compared to you. Um, but I mentioned a <laughs> politics thing the other day, and it was like, oh, they can't off in droves. Right. They can't take it. Right. They can't take it. I did a little. I, I did a little reminder for the people in the back. Yeah. <laughs> well, one time I went after the Republicans, and then I went after the Democrats, and I lost both. And I was like, "You people were quiet on the last post or this post, yeah. and now you're going crazy." I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm just doing a political flush. 
Yeah. They... I just want the people that want to talk about Lululemons and crimes. <laughs> Rachel Hollis is what made me join your supporter page. Oh. When you went off about her because I disliked her for a while. And when you were going off, I was like, yes, because most people in the blogging community, not anymore now that things really hit the fan for her, but they were still kissing her butt because, you know, I'm sure she has books published up, but like to hear you talk about her like openly, I was like, thank you. She is such a hypocrite. And she booked Look me. at her face. Yeah, I because guess I this is a if podcast. I ever write a book, I won't ask her to endorse it. But I mean, <laughs> don't just steal your words. So that person, they clean my toilet. They're my toilet cleaner. I wanted to be like, oh my God, shut oh. up. Like <laughs> that is clean. horrible. The fact yeah. that you would say it, much less think it. Yeah. Yes. But you know, do you remember? Did you see the blogger that was out in California? She looked like the, you know, I'm a hot it's mess tough. mom, like perfect. And she made up the story when she was in Michael's with her kids that her children were being targeted for yes. trafficking. I hate those stories too. I hate those stories. Yep. And then the people came out and they were like, we were not. We were just minding our own business. She made the whole shit up. Yep. Oh I my mean, God. it's like, you people have got to be crazy. Oh my gosh. Oh. I don't know if you guys have watched you on Netflix, but they mm-hmm. have this whole, like, <laughs> I, I'm going off on a tangent here, people, but you on Netflix, they have this whole like character her whole thing is like this fake blog mommy blog situation that is hilarious like all her instagram posts all the lighting like all the stuff yeah oh my god like built this life around her blog her like mommy blog that she's formed with her twin kids kate and i have a theory that there are a few of them that we know we're making up stories we're like there's no way that happened because we have to run out of material it's funny they made that up yeah so it's like really your life is this interesting all the time like this is why i say i'm not a very good blogger because i just just like don't have things to write about and that's also (laughs) another reason i like that you write about multiple things because i think some people who get pigeonholed in autism or in a different things of like having twins or having this you can tell they start like making things sound a little exaggerated because they're running out of things to say. It's like, right. write about something different. Yeah. And sometimes you're sick of talking about whatever it is. Yes. Sometimes I yes. don't like, sometimes I want to just not think about whatever something is, you know? Yes. yes. Talk yes. about the hurricane or the way people pronounce places in Eastern North Carolina. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rachel talks about is how I pronounce things, so. Oh yeah, my god. I was about to say, Kim, you might have like the best access. So Adrian, watch this. Watch this. Oh god. Timmy, say I can't do it under pressure. Bra in a car with my father and my mother. Bra in a car with my father and my mother. Oh you're welcome. It's like watching that movie with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I love it. <laughs> the best is the trees. There's large trees outside my house. She say grew that, up, Kim. Wait for she grew up in the inner city, Adrian. And so when she oh, moved God. to the suburbs, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like talking, we were talking about, I think mental health and anxiety. And I was like, yeah, it's just, I moved here and it was just too tree. And they're like, tree. what? I'm like, tree. <laughs> tree. I just told tree. the internet about suicidal ideations. <laughs> it's like the worst part about the suburbs is that it's dark and it's tree. It is, it's scary. Like when you come from the city, Unless you've lived in the city, like you can't understand to go from the city to the suburbs is like, 
I can't even explain it. I'm like, is there a serial killer on the other side of that bush? Like, I, like oh, God. there's no street lights. Oh, it, you know. It spiked Kim's anxiety. Was, yes, the it trees, did. The trees. Oh, and so there's people in masks out there. I mean, it was just. Oh, that, was that was about Halloween. Yeah. Too dark for Halloween there yeah. in the Too dark for Halloween there. That makes me like want to come and like stand outside your window with a clown mask on. <laughs> Tell me what oh. day we're going. Adrian, have you always lived in a small town or did you guys relocate to one? You no, know, I grew up, um, I grew up in this part of the state, but it okay. was, I was from um, a town called Rocky Mountain. It was about 60,000. Okay. So, I mean, you kind of knew a lot of people, but not. I've definitely driven by that driving to Florida. <laughs> oh yes. Right on 95. So <laughs> where we are now, Jamie, it's like, if you're, if you go to, if I go to Pizza Hut right now and pick up a pizza, Lisa, the manager, her son is on my husband's soccer team that he coaches, mm -hmm. or the UPS man, and I might have a daughter in the same class. So I didn't have those connections growing up. It's just neat. Everybody is intertwined in ways it kind of helps you keep your behavior under control too because <laughs> they're gonna be talking you never know who you're gonna run into again yeah you know? I um, dated a guy from a small town um when I was in high school and it's like only like 30 minutes from me but it's just a whole different I live in a, a pretty big city right. and I would go we would go and, and like we'd walk into like the pizza shop like right. there was one pizza shop and everyone would just stare because they know you're not you don't belong there right like, where's this person from everyone's whispering I'm like yeah, okay I don't know if I like this or not it's, it's, it's nice. so ironic because now I live in the suburbs and I grew up in the city the inner city so I lived in the inner city of Boston and um that's how it was there you know like your neighbors were reporting to your parents what you were doing like if you were on the you know wrong side of the street or whatever here it, I feel like even though it's the suburbs it's not as nobody wants to get oh. into anybody's business pull their car into the garage culture don't talk to their oh, neighbors yeah where you had like 50,000 aunties on every block. Yeah. yeah. And like, you'd yeah. get home and you have parents that already know what you were like up to. And you're like, <laughs> oh, Karen <laughs> called. Don't lie. We yeah. saw you on the block. <laughs> we moved from um, San Diego to Montana. So I grew up between the two places my whole oh, life. Wow. And uh, I remember when I was like 15, I was driving on the interstate. I don't call Without it the freeway. speed limit at that time. No zero speed limit. And my car broke down and I climbed the fence over to this farm <laughs> and this guy's like working in his garage doing whatever. I'm like, Hey, time before cell phones, if you want right. to guess my age. And he was like, I'm like, please, sir, can you help let me use your house phone so I can call someone to go fix my car on the side of the interstate? But my mentality was like, this guy's going to murder me as I walk up to a strange because in the middle of nowhere but he was so polite he walked me over to my car waited for someone to show up probably jumped it for you with that's the nice thing about i'm town, so happy you know? you're still alive i, I, I could have been murdered i could you would have been, been like it's too tree i'm staying at the car <laughs> yeah. i would have been reporting it on her page adrian you're in <laughs> missing missing from the interstate oh my god oh, very nice in small towns you know, no, it is true. So my husband a few weeks ago had this like threw up blood and he's we fine. We were going to record that day. Oh God. Adrian. Oh, God. oh, that's when we were going to do it. Well, this is, I'm admitting this to y'all first. 
So he is like in bad shape. I'm, call, I'm calling 911. And while I'm on the phone with 911, I'm thinking, they're going to think maybe I did something to him. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to check for the succinylcholine. And then, and oh, then, he's I, puking black blood in. And she's vicious. Now I've been covering this Alec Murdoch murder mystery in South Carolina. <laughs> Murdoch, this guy, his, his wife and son are murdered and he calls 911. Well, now I'm like, well, I've called 911 and I know how you act when you're really scared. Because <laughs> now I've been there. You know, I mean, yeah. just turning it on <laughs> in real life. <laughs> that case is also very crazy. I was in Hilton Head a couple weeks ago and I was like, how close am I to Seriously. It Tell is. the listeners about this. Now I want to know because I know so, nothing about it. You know nothing? It's How, small town, oh, South Carolina. On the internet. South Carolina is pretty, you know, South Carolina. And there is this whole generational family of attorneys. And this one attorney, his son gets out on a boat. He's drunk and a girl is killed on the boat. And so that's kind of one story. Well, not a few months later, he shows up at his farm and his wife and that same son are found murdered. And then come to find out his housekeeper who died, she <laughs> fell over a dog at his house. His house, <laughs> at his house. Tab. Yes. And then he said to her family, oh, here, I'll help you get, you know, sue me, whatever. He gets her a four and a half million dollar settlement and he never tells the family. He takes the money and runs. Oh my gosh. It. This is getting crazy. So that it's comes out. It's not even begun. Well, just then crazy. in August, yeah. he's just driving along <laughs> and he splashes his own tire okay. and, he, and he shoots himself or gets this guy named Cousin Eddie to shoot yeah. him. His cousin Eddie says, I did not shoot him. <laughs> who, who nicked him? Nicked him in the shoulder or something. So whether no, he said he had like a, a oh. brain contusion. I mean, they ain't no spot on his head where a bullet hit. <laughs> so now he's in jail. <laughs> now he's in jail, yes. We already have now, <laughs> but now they're unfolding this whole thing. And it's like, how is it? I mean, it's drugs, it's scandal, it's oh it my is. gosh. Oh, and Crazy. then Stephen Smith, he died. They found him out in the middle of a road. He was a classmate of the older brothers. And they said the evidence of the murder of the wife and the son, they found evidence about his murder while they were there. Oh my God. I feel like this is like an episode of the Outer Banks or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but it's real. I mean, oh my God. And it's crazy that no one was noticing that all these people were dying around this one in this one family around this one guy. Well, they're noticing now. They know now. My favorite know. part is that Adrian will show up on the internet and a podcaster who's now a supporter Seton, Seton and Seton will come on and they do the like crime special tests you're not in I the don't right know places how I of the it. internet well you I know, know. I love some crime I've been in a hole like a I pay weeks. $20 a month for crime junkies I mean I'm, oh, a, yeah, I'm a yeah. full like fledged supporter Me too. Yeah. did and you ever get into the daybell case Adrian oh yeah oh, oh. I'm deep in I, I grew up LDS I'm deep into that <laughs> really well i mean that case is <laughs> it's all but the thing is it's so sad it's, in both these cases it's really sad all these people have died but it's like 
people well, were dropping dead around this woman and no one thought anything. I reached out to Daybell's children and two of them responded. Oh, I mean, I, love, Jamie, I love this life. And they were, and at the time, the one said, you know, we don't have any comment. We're really sad. And then they, the other one like blocked me, but <laughs> then they blocked me. <laughs> but the most recently they clearly acknowledged that they still seem to be a little bit in the dark about, I mean, she bought a, anyway. Bought a she ring was, while they were, like their mom was a fruit loop. But it is sad because two kids died. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, how do people get away with this stuff you'd be surprised well adrian wood and her posse are coming for you they are here <laughs> no, to unpack i can find some people i even one time had a washington <laughs> post reporter reach out to me and said how did you find that person i was like uh-huh i'm not gonna tell you my secret <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god i have a birth dad for you to it's, find i've got some story for <laughs> me you too, like find me too. <laughs> you can i mean you go down the facebook interwebs yeah you, you can find who's commenting on who whose sibling is so and so i mean move over ancestry okay i'm feeling a lot better about being on people's facebook space oh yeah, yeah. The secret facebook page. i found out one of the daybell kids lives near me in colorado oh. and i've th- <laughs> i've thought about doing a drive-by leaving a, a christmas <laughs> I loaf i feel like it's a little close to stalker yeah they seem to be very um and maybe it's it's just too hard to acknowledge the truth that your father yeah. would have killed your mother that you're almost protecting yourself from thinking yeah. I mean sure. there's a psychological that. trauma yeah that doubt. Uh-huh. my <laughs> husband is not an active willing participant in my blog the, <laughs> my I love when he's like, ask how he doesn't he even looks. look at you he looks he like straight says, ahead and just like answers your questions like so he but he had this party for 100 people at my house two weeks ago you know that like he I'm not doing anything 48 hours before yeah. and i was like i'm not he told you 48 hours before that something spelled well that's through. when he found he decided i mean oh. it, yes who knows but anyway i was like <laughs> fine do it that's fine but i was like you're gonna do a video every week for a year yeah yeah when so tonight when? he was saying something i was like oh you that can be our video this week <laughs> you know, oh my god i hope he ate lots of appetizers that night <laughs> yeah i hope that party was a ranger for this commitment so <laughs> my dad is going to be on this weekend because we're flying to miami on wednesday amos and my daughter and i and i said my dad it can only be on supporter videos and i often have to delete them pretty soon after because he's very not politically correct so so, <laughs> so <laughs> only a supporter videos well go on over to adrian's supporter page because there's all kinds of fun going on up there be on top just... of it because things could be deleted before you get a chance to see them so, <laughs> yeah you better know. hurry tune in live <laughs> tune in live click on those notifications the minute you see them i mean yes that's right that's right oh well, my gosh well what a, what a treat this was Thank you oh, for coming. For us. Thank yes. you for coming. Yeah. Well, look, I'm excited to start tuning in. And are y'all on Apple Podcast? Yep. Yes, everywhere. Are. Okay. Where do I find it? Give it to me. 
table for five, no reservations. And I'll send you a link. That's a really Because I'm point. blankly staring at the ladies because I am definitely not the girl to give you a link. <laughs> I can't even get a link on my own page. Our That's last amazing. episode we uh, dropped was a holiday PSA. So we went around the table and told the things that we wish we could explain to our family so that about oh. us and about our view so that um, all of our followers could share it to their friends and family and be like, listen, cut the open shelving. We're coming over. Bring over the carpenter. Take <laughs> off all the open shelf. My kid might get in your bed. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Okay, we don't might- tell me more because I'm going to write a blog post and I don't want to copy y'all. Yeah. Jamie, don't, he'll get in your bed. I mean, Amos. Yes. Yes. Like, you know, someone is your friend when they don't mind your yeah. child like yeah, getting yes. in their sheets too yes I'm not under sheets. the cover yes. the all the way all the way in all face way down in. on the sheet you know they're <laughs> yeah. sniffing what's yes <laughs> yes, yes. I have a couple friends two particularly that I could like think of and one keeps Amos isn't really into trains but when he goes to her house he likes them and she has kept those trains under her table in her living room for eight years you for know? him for him I love it and it just like I really feel like I can take him to her house because Mm -hmm. he'll get all get the trains out get settled on her couch you know and it's just so nice to feel like there's this because as y'all know you go a lot of places and there's not a space Mm -hmm. well Adrian we want to thank you so much for your time tonight as you know from the last hour we admire you so much we appreciate all that you do for advocacy and also crime telling and you know the rest thank you so much adrian thank you we appreciate your time i know it's very late please ask me again i would love it love it thank you next week you are gonna hear another round from us thanks everybody thanks for joining us bye thank you for joining us at the table for this chat with adrian wood from tales of an educated debutante check the description box for links to where you can find her If you are enjoying the podcast and where you're listening allows, we would appreciate if you could rate and review us. You can also leave a review on our Facebook page. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can DM us there to contact us or email us at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. Join us next week for a special Q&A episode. We'll see you there. Bye.